Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poetry Super My name is Rick Lippert. I'm your MC for an hour of poetry and, well, and poetry, both. We're going to do both today, poetry and poetry. I'm excited to have you with me. It's our monthly open reading. We invite you to call in. The number is 646-716-7362. I'd love to hear what you have. Read a poem and let us know what's going on in your poetry world. How's my day going? Pretty good. I just realized uh, in the chat room in Blog Talk Radio where I attempted to type good afternoon, I typed good agternoon, which may mean something to somebody, but uh, wasn't what I intended. I hope everyone is having a good day. I hope you are... Uh, Weathering uh, your stay-at-home activities as as uh, as best you can. I hope you're healthy and uh, that you're feeling good about where you are and where you're going. So uh, before we get to our open reading, I want to give a couple of announcements. Or one main announcement: the thing that we're uh, working on now on Poetry Superhighway on our website is we're getting ready for our summer poetry contest. So our contest is uh, will we'll launch at, at some point in July. I don't have the dates set exactly yet. It will run for roughly three months, and it'll be a, a fun thing to enter, $1 per poem. And the cool thing about it is that in our contest, in addition to having winners, every single person who enters gets a prize just for entering. And the way that works is, um, of course, we have winners. There's a cash prize. The winners get published on our website, there's definitely a difference between being a winner and just getting a prize for entering. However, if you enter our contest, uh, even just one poem for $1, which is what the entry fee will be, you will get some prize from somewhere just to enter. And these prizes are all donated by numerous sponsors from all over the world who pledge to send uh, uh, books and other kinds of things of specific interest to poets and writers um, out to our contest entrance. So if you're interested in being one of these sponsors, I ask you to visit our website at poetrysuperhighway.com slash uh, PSH, and you'll see at the top there's a little banner that says sponsor the 2020 Poetry Superhighway Contest. There's a form to fill out there with some specific instructions and guidelines, and the thing, the things that I really want you to pay attention to um, are this. So uh, we're going to, uh, well, first of all, this is what you get. If you sponsor the contest, we will uh, list you, we will list you as a sponsor to the contest. You'll be on the main contest webpage as a, as a sponsor. Um, and uh, so everyone will see uh, uh, you in that spot. Um, we'll also, with your prize listing, we'll have a link to your website if you have one uh, so people can check out more about what it is uh, uh, you're doing. Um and uh, you will get a free classified ad in our emailed newsletter, which goes out every week to thousands of people. If you're uh, getting, uh, uh, if you got our uh, announcement today about the about this show, and you get our weekly 
announcements we go out usually on Saturday mornings announcing who our poets are. You've probably seen our classified section. Um, it's it's not overwhelming with lots and lots of stuff, um, and all of the uh, items in it are of specific interest to poets and writers. So if you sponsor the contest, you uh, you'll get a classified. You can promote your your book, your website, your contest, whatever it is that you would like, your reading series, etc. And that will be for the duration of the contest. So for three months, you will get a free classified ad every single week. Those ads are posted on our our website as well in the classifieds section. So you sign up um, to be a sponsor on our website. You you let us know who you are, what your website is, and what you'd like to donate. It could be as little as one book of poetry. If you're an individual poet and that's really all you can do, then then sign up uh, to to pledge one book of uh, poems that you'll mail out to, to one of our contest entrants. And uh, and you get the free classified and everything just for just for doing that. If you can give more, that's great too. Um, the things that you have to agree to, which I just want you to pay particular attention to, is um, that uh, number one, um, since the contest is open to everyone in the world, um, you might and likely will have to send the prize or prizes that you donate to someone outside of where you live, outside of your country. So if you're in America, you might have to send a prize to Europe. If you're in Europe, you might have to send a prize to another part of Europe or back to America. So that's a little bit more money on your end in postage. So it's just something to keep in mind um, uh, because sometimes people forget that. And then I get messages saying, hey, I I have to send my prize all the way to this other place, and that's a lot of money. Um, And then I always have to remind people, well, you agreed to that when you signed up. So um, it creates for an awkward conversation, which I'd like to avoid by telling you that now out loud, in addition to the fact that you have to click a box to agree with it. Um, the other thing you have to do, there's two other steps uh, that I just want you to keep in mind if you decide to be a contest sponsor. Um, one is you have to send out your prizes within two weeks of being notified, so you have to be able to do that. The contest will end sometime in September or October, which is when you'll be notified of who to send your prize or prizes to. Um, so you just have to kind of have that on your radar that you – um, we'll send them out within two weeks um, of being notified. And then probably the most important thing um, after that is, is, and the final step is you have to actually notify me that you've sent out your prizes. Because if you don't, um, and this happens every year, um, we have the contest. I send out all the prize letters, and um, some people send out their prizes, and they don't let me know that they've done. And that leads to me sending up follow-up emails saying, hey, did you send out your prizes? And no one wants a follow-up email. You know what I'm saying? So there you go. Um, it's uh, For the most part, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I would say for the whole part, it's a pretty cool thing um, You to be a contest sponsor. Um, you help ensure that our contest um, has kind of an egalitarian sensibility to it in that every single person will get a prize just for entering. If you can donate just one book or something like that, could be a service, which is of interest to poets and writers. That's cool. Um, it could be a subscription to a magazine. It could be a membership to something that you run. It could be a free admission to a class that you teach. Um, anything that's of specific interest to poets and writers, uh, uh, go ahead and, and sign up as a sponsor because we'd, we'd love to have you. Right now, so far, there are over 80 prizes which have been donated by about 20 sponsors, um, and we're still over a month out before the, the contest even starts. So I'm really excited about that. So thank you to everyone who signed up so far. All right, that's everything I need to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get to our open reading. Again, the number to call in is 646. Um, our first caller is from 
the 806 area code. Hello, 806. Hi. How's it going? Hi. Who's, who's this? This is Phoenix uh, from Utah. Hey, Phoenix. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How's everything good. in Utah? Um, It's pretty mellow. Yeah. I guess that's the answer for everywhere in the world, huh? Yeah, pretty much. What, what I mean, outside of all the people dying and stuff, beyond that, you know, it's pretty mellow. Yeah. Well, I think I meant more quiet, but not that there's not stuff going on, just that you don't really hear a lot. Yeah, it certainly is quiet out, out in the neighborhoods and the streets, for sure. Um, so you got a poem for us? I do. All right, let's hear it. It's called, it's called Bottle. Okay. Relayed messages across non-existent ages. Request, power, resist, or just trust. It seems to go on a linear path, but the jealousy of civilization requires losing sight. And this is, this is not existent. Bone half spurred, our mere broken record, vital slaughter, massacre made shadow, blackened by fire, chaos screams, battle for a bottle. What I feel fragments I convey, only incongruence. Pieces of something I don't really care about. I say repetitive. I say silent and bloody conflict. What I say will contradict merely ache. I merely imagine nothing I really crave. So violence is the inevitable path of millions. Extreme combat for elites and beggars alike. I don't really care about it. It is hard to be grounded. Maybe just a little bit bound. Where ink is spilt and conduct split. I seem to be. Maybe fragments, maybe just fragments, a little bit of spilled ink. No one cried over a bottle of bone. It's okay, no message for silence. I don't believe in it anyway. I just think I break my own ink anyway. Ooh, strong last line there, Phoenix. Break my own ink. And now I'm like going to spend the rest of the day like imagining how you break ink and what that means. Um, pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Um, do you, do you have a, anything going on in 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 your world in terms of poetry that you want to share with us? Um, so I really enjoy HSM. I picked up uh, Hyperspace Media, their publisher, and I picked up a book um, by Ivory Valerie, I believe, and Donald Arnfield, and I've been I downloaded that for Kindle. And I, he also has published one of my books that was out of print for a while called Spritch and Healing. And then HSM is also preparing to launch uh, my book of poetry, Rogue. So, and I also have been publishing stuff on my own. So I can give you the author page if you want. Sure, go for it. Okay, so amazon.com slash author slash phoenix underscore rises. So author... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, got, um, I just want to make sure I got it right. Amazon.com slash author slash Phoenix underscore rises. Yes. Yep, that's right. Um, and cool. so, yeah, Hybrid Sequence Media has a lot of plans for future poetry releases, so I'm pretty excited about that as well. But, yeah, so the book is called Bring Something Dead, and I believe it's only like 99 cents on Kindle. That's, uh, that's certainly a bargain. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Cool. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a link to that in the uh, Facebook group, um, okay. where or in the page where uh, as a comment um, to the post promoting this event. In fact, I just did. I just tagged you in there as well. Um, so okay, cool. uh, people can click on that and and check it out. Congratulations on on that. Um, Ninety nine cents is is certainly a bargain, um, and uh, it's a cool. You know, even if it's small, like any any time you make any money from poetry, even if it's ninety nine cents, uh, uh, less all the fees that Amazon and your publisher are taking from that ninety nine cents, uh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so it's just it's the smallest, coolest thing, and I think it's one of the best things we can do for our fellow artists as well as any other artists that we encounter is to is to support um, to support them by. by purchases and 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 tipping when we see people doing live readings and live performances and things like that so so really cool yeah uh, the the book the book of poetry by ivy and donald is really really cool so i recommend it nice thank you for uh thank you for uh, recommending the the work of others that's awesome all right well phoenix thank you so much for for opening up our show today and um i hope no you have a great rest of your day and and call back again Okay, you too. All right, take it easy. That was uh, Phoenix. Phoenix rises from Utah. Um, you can, uh, if, if you're following this show on the Facebook page, uh, event uh, a posting. Um, uh, it's a good place to check out anyway, because uh, in addition to the chat room here in Blog Talk Radio, which is a little less accessible, um, you uh, you can interact with other people watching. You can click on the links that people are mentioning that I'll that I'll post. Um, in as comments to the to this show's posting in there, and uh, it's a good place to check out. It's also uh, if you miss any of the show, it's where you can click on the link and listen to the entire show um, after afterwards. So thank you so much, Phoenix. All right, our next caller is from. Oh, by the way, the number to call in is six four six seven one six seven three six two. About the half hour mark of the show, I'm going to play a spoken word track from the poet Jim Knowles. So uh, look forward to that. That's coming up um, in a bit. Plenty of uh, room for open reading today, 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 573 area code. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Rick? It's good. It's going good. How's it going with you? Pretty good. This is Randall. Um, uh, the editor of the uh, Sparks Collab magazine. Right, right. And How's I've it going? got a... very good, very good. Kind of hanging out at home. I don't know about you. <laughs> That's about the same. We're we're actually considering going out this afternoon, uh, putting on some homemade masks that we just uh, made out of T-shirts uh, using a, a, a pattern we downloaded that you a no-sew pattern. I know this is going to be fascinating to you, Randall. Uh, where you just cut out the shirt and uh, and it's like a stretchy material with holes in it and you wrap it around your face and it hangs over your ears. You don't have to sew. You just cut. So we're going to put those on and head out into the world this afternoon and see what happens. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I've got a couple of homemade varieties that I've tried out. So. Cool. All right. So, uh, All right, so, so I've what got a got poem for, for you. Uh, it's called uh, Grief. The deepest wells of grief reside next door, just out of sight and in the back of mind, abstract enough that most observers find the time to sigh, but then do little more. Those most involved can't simply walk away. 
Their lives have changed forever from now on. Those who remain defined by who is gone. Those gone but defined by who is forced to stay. They greet the ones who come to say goodbye and smile when all they want to do is cry. Their well of anguish never can run dry, replenished by the next in line to die. When death strikes down a stranger's soul, they care, but empathy is more than they can bear. Nice. Nice job, Randall. Thank you for that. I was just looking at um, your. Uh, I was just looking at Sparks of Calliope, um, and I saw that the sub, uh, the subtitle, sub name of it is, or, or I don't know what the right term there is, but right under the title it says a journal of poetic observations. I'm wondering if uh, you can talk about what that what that means in terms of what you're looking for and what you what you publish. Um, well, we publish, uh, you know, everything from free verse to, uh, of course, rhyming poetry, traditional poetry, uh, um, poetic observations. I mean, it seems like, you know, usually a poem, regardless of, uh, what style they, uh, print it in or, or write it in is, uh, is a, uh, poet's observation of the world in, in some way, you know, filtered through their experiences and their, their understandings and whatnot. So, um, you know, you get that special uh, insight, that poetic insight that you can share with others through a poem, and that was kind of my idea there with the uh, with that sub subtitle there. Yeah, that's uh, that makes sense to me. Um, uh, that's certainly you know uh, that's it's kind of the impetus for my poetry. I would have to say it's it's very observational in that sense, and I and the whole idea of all of our work um, is essentially filtering the world, you know, that as we get through our own poetic lens is something that, that I've, you know, talk about a lot when I talk about my own work and, and everything. I, I don't know that it's true for everyone, but I mean, I, I don't know if that's everyone's impetus, but, um, uh, but I, I, it's certainly mine. Um, and so I wanted to ask if there was a specific, you know, bent or something that you're looking for, but it sounds like that's, that's kind of just a general statement, but you, you're, you'll take, you, you'll look at work from anyone about, about, about anything, I guess. Yeah, we, we pretty much look at work from anyone about anything. Like I said, pretty much any style. We don't do a lot of uh, visual formatting, of course, because of limitations or whatever. I don't want to get into try to doing that on the blog. I'd make it a much more headache than uh, I want to engage in at that time. But as far as you know, what styles we go for pretty much anything. I mean, if you want to get a kind of idea, um, you know, you can read you can read the Sparks of Calliope. WordPress. Com and kind of see what it is we've ran in the past, but. We definitely encourage submissions, and we've gotten a lot of good ones. So. That's great. Yeah, <clears throat> probably what you just said is the best advice you could give to anyone who's considering submitting to anything is to read what you're submitting to first, to see to see what the sensibility might be, and see if it matches up with you know what what you're writing. Because not every publication is is for everyone, both in terms of reading or submitting. So, um, uh, uh, good advice there. Yeah, I mean. When I you know look around for places to submit my work and, and other things, you know, I mean, some of these uh, some of these uh, journals and stuff will tell you. I mean, you know, getting rejected or whatever is not necess- There's not an objective, you know, good poem, bad poem, made the cut, doesn't make the cut. You're you're trying to go through the lens of your editor too. So I mean, if they're looking for something specific, you just not, might not be writing what they're looking for, and that poem will find a home somewhere else. And I find that's the case, you know, pretty much every time. I've got most of I got a book coming out, and I got most of those poems have been published in a journal and rejected in another journal. And that's just kind of the way the uh, industry works. 
True. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would echo that same story and would imagine it's the same story for everyone who, who bothers to, to keep doing it. So um, encouraging solid, more encouraging and solid advice uh, there. Well, Randall, um, thank you very much for, for calling back today. Um, I posted a link to Sparks of Calliope in the Facebook uh, group and um, hope um, even more people check it out. And um, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, it was good to talk to you again, and I'll uh, see you in the future months. Indeed. All right. Take it easy. Uh, That was uh, Randall, uh, who runs Sparks of Calliope, which you can check out at sparksofcalliope.wordpress.com. Calliope, C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E. Not necessarily a word that you spell every day. Me neither, for that matter. Only once or twice a week do I spell it, but certainly not every day. Um, all right, uh, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you would like to call in to participate in today's open reading, please do so. And like you've heard me talk about uh, with uh, our previous callers, it's a great opportunity for you to let us know what's going on in your poetry world, um, which I guess for the most part is is, is um, reserved to online activities. Um, before the quarantine, uh, you know, I'd ask a lot about, well, what readings are happening in your town that you participate in, things like that. And for the most part, Everything has moved online. Uh, um, a lot of reading series. This is kind of actually really cool, and I'm and I'm really interested in, in knowing what it's going to be like after all of the this quarantine is over. Uh, you know, so many reading series ha- are operating online um, via uh, programs like Zoom and things like that. There's a weekly uh, a local LA reading that I ran for a long time at a venue called the Cobalt Cafe that ended because the venue closed. And when the, uh, when the quarantine started, it seemed like, well, man, this is a great time to start it up again because I can create my own venue online. Um, and I've seen a lot of other readings do that. And it's uh, poetry is really thriving live and in person. And there are plenty of opportunities to see other people read poetry as well as read your own poetry and open, open mic settings um, while looking at other people on camera. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. And I, I, I bet many of these will continue in this format, um, or new online readings of that, uh, style will pop up after the quarantine is over and, and the live in-person venues return. So, so there you go. All right. Um, number for you to call in is 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 903 area code. Hi. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. I'm Little Gary from East Texas. Little Gary? Yes, sir. I'm Gary Jr., so everybody always call me Little Gary. I'm actually 6'3", but uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool now, you know. It's ironic. So you're like Little Gary, as best as I can tell from the description. Yes, sir. Little Big Gary. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Cool. Well, okay. but, well uh, Gary, I, go ahead. Yes, sir. Yeah. I was going to tell you what's going on in my world. Yeah, I work in a hospital, so I'm only off on weekends. We have to work every holiday. So during the quarantine, I've been going to work. It's about the same as it's been, except I have to wear a mask. But trying to stay safe, man. I get sick. I can't work. Right. Um, what do you do in the hospital? Uh, I wish I could tell you I was a doctor or something fancy, but uh, I'm an electrician. I've been an electrician at a mental state hospital for about tw- almost 24 years now. I sure figured yeah, out I uh, met a, a rich woman before now, but it's okay. 
Well, the you know the night is young, Gary. I uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I I would not. You don't need to put a disclaimer before uh, doing any kind of work um, um, at the hospital. I mean, what what you're doing is keeping that place going and doing doing work that allows the other people who work there, such as the doctors, to keep people alive. And they couldn't do it without the machines that are powered by electricity that that you you keep going. I mean, this is essential work. On top of which. Uh, by going into a hospital setting, you're you're putting your life on the line these days. So uh, it's it's super frontline essential work that you're doing, and thank you for doing it. Oh yes, sir. I have to the electric bill. They'll turn me off so damn quick. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, and I just want to let you know it ain't me. I don't like working every day, but uh, I'm glad to help people, and uh, and uh, I, I'm I, I love where I work, man. We got the security people because they're checking temps every day. We went out and bought them a cooler where they could have some cold drinks every day and stuff. And I appreciate them. And so I appreciate you appreciating me. <laughs> no problem. My pleasure. Did you have a poem for us? Yes, sir. I did. I did bring a poem, man. I started writing about a year ago on allpoetry.com, man. I've won over a hundred something deals. I didn't know I was so good. And uh, I've been calling in on radio stations. I haven't called this one. I'm so excited. I've been trying. I did self-publishing, but you could you could get self-published some stupid books. I really don't carry a lot of clout unless you're selling them. And I've sold 11, and I'm thinking about buying the 12th next payday. But anyway, uh, uh, I uh, I've sent stuff to publishers, and like I I enjoyed hearing Homeboy before me, man, talking about it just didn't fit the right spot yet. And uh, I hope he's still listening. I got a good one for y'all, and I hope y'all will remember Little Gary from East Texas. Because uh, I got a knack for this. It's something different, and, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Let's hear it. Absolutely. This one right here, I, I uh, call it's called After Goodbyes by Little Gary. I asked her to reconsider her decision to leave, and she said what I think was either go to hell or Little Gary goodbye. So I waited till she pulled out of my driveway to break down and cry. It's happened many times before, but not one of them had a good reason, so why? I thought love was supposed to last up just a lie. It makes it scary when I find someone new I'm willing to trust, but having a girl to hold at night, well, y'all, for me, it's a must. What is real love anyway, because I guess I've only had lust, watching them go away every time while I'm left here all alone in the dust. Why do I keep choosing the wrong girl time after time? Hell, it's just something I can't seem to define. It sure makes it hard to let memories go when you've got a heart as big as mine. The only ones that stay here through it all is me, this mouse, and a very old time. And I'm starting to think we might all be better with a no trespassing sign. All the goodbyes is making me feel like I'm dying. I'm not even sure when in the hell I completely stopped trying. Or even the reason that I'm still fucking crying. I keep telling myself it'll get better one day. Shit, but I'm probably just lying. The worst thing for me every day is going to town. I'm always smiling, so everyone seems to notice my frown. Nothing sticks out around here more than an unhappy clown. And trying to stay cool ain't easy when this heart in my chest is coming unwound. So I wear shades to hide my tears and the fact that I'm down. Hoping all these tears that I've been crying won't cause me to drown. My life is so shitty, y'all. Hell, it's probably turning me brown. And it's getting harder and harder every day to deny. Because once again, y'all, I lost my love, my best friend, and only ally. Hell, my house is now becoming a very beautiful pigsty. There's no more blue with all the red in my eyes. 
And if you ever text me, shit, I'm sorry, I'll never reply. I guess me and my well at home is completely run dry. It's hard to move on when all I can think about is her kissing some guy. Even sitting in my front yard gives me about 20 reasons to cry because I can show y'all every single spot that they all fucking told me goodbye. End point. Gary, wow. Sorry you've had to go through all that. Can you hear me, Gary? I seem to have lost uh, lost little Gary. Maybe he hung up at the end of the poem. I'm not sure. Uh, no, no, little Gary's just a dummy that don't know how to hit the mute button. I was explaining all kind of cool stuff, and I realized, hell, I got to hit the mute button. I, I'm not city fancy folks, but I, I'm learning real quick. But yeah, <laughs> man, we, I think we all been through something to make us who we are. You know, if you ain't been through nothing, you're a liar. You know, and and you got to make stuff make you better. And if uh, you want love of your life, you're gonna get hurt. Life is like that. It ain't nothing perfect. So, yeah, I I got a lot of stuff like that. Well, very cool, Gary. Uh, do, do you, is there somewhere that people can check out your book online or your website or anything that I could we could let people know oh, about? Absolutely. I self-published my book on Amazon. It's called Little Gary's World of Poems. It's L-I-L, Gary, because that's the way my great-grandmother spelt it. On my envelope, it says Little Gary's first haircut. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, my, the main thing to find me, man, look up Little Gary, L-I-L, Gary, 76 on allpoetry.com. I've uh, I was so scared of y'all fancy folks, and I started writing these rhymes, and people liked them, and uh, I've been doing it for a year now, and I got over 1,600 followers, and uh, I've been on their front page twice, and uh, it just I, I don't understand why I can't get published. A lot of people don't want to publish poetry, but but I I'm not a normal normal guy, and I ain't fancy enough to write poetry. I call them poemics because there's a beat to them that you'll hear in your head when you're reading them. They're not poems, they're not music, it's both. So that's what I call them, but yeah, yeah, check me out, man. I got some make you laugh, make you, make you blush, you know. It's all kind of stuff, man. I just I want to get published and show the world what I can do and give my message and uh as I'm just waiting, you know, for somebody to believe in me and and I'm thankful to the people that don't because everybody that ever made it, they got that story, you know. Ain't there person on TV talking about, yeah, first day, you know, hell, I was cool when I was born, you know. So, I enjoy that and that's why I tell the publishers when they email me and say, "Ah, it doesn't fit us." I say, well, good, you know, because I need this stories, you know, and this is the track that my train runs on is, 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 is people not thinking I can do it. But uh, one day there's a publisher going to believe in me, man. So check me out, please. All right. Well, I just posted a book to uh, a link to your book, Poems from Lil Gary's World, in the uh, in the Facebook post as a comment to uh, to this event in the Poetry Superhighway group. So maybe people will click on it and they'll buy the 12th copy of your book before you do. Uh, you never know. It could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it would tickle the shit out of me. I'd feel fancy. I'd call my mama. I'd say, mama, I wrote something somebody bought. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> any publishers out there, man, go to go to All Poetry and read my stuff, and you'll see there's something different about it. And if it ain't, then call my family and tell them, quit telling your retarded son that he's good. You know, I just, you know, you feel me? <laughs> I do. All right, Gary, thank you so much for calling in today. It was great to uh great to hear you and uh and call in again. I was telling me absolutely, yes sir, I will, man. I, I was so excited. I'm glad I was third coming up, man, and, and uh yes sir, absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. All right, that was uh Lil Gary calling from East Texas, first time caller here on Poetry Superhighway Live. Just another poet out there trying to make it. Um, and I posted a link to his book uh, at Amazon if you want to check it out. 
Um, there it is. Um, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. We're at the half-hour mark of the show, and uh, as I do every half-hour mark, I play a spoken word track uh, from uh, one of uh, that's been submitted. Um, this is the poem testimony sent to us by Jim Knowles. So this is testimony by Jim Knowles, and it's accompanied by a uh, rights-free recording off YouTube by uh, Dr. Saxlove of some film noir detective-sounding music. Testimony. On the surface, it seemed the seaport moved like clockwork. Just a rusty clock with shaky hands, but business got done, you know. I watched the ships tie up and offload, the merchant marines trudging the cobblestones to Madame Siesta's boarding house, the netted pallets of coconuts and pallets of olive oil cans swinging to puttering trucks. But something or things seemed a little off, and I wasn't sure why. New characters watching a few big loads swing slow over to a shiny new flatbed truck. A dapper chap under an umbrella on a balcony two blocks down, looking through a spyglass. Some hidden hand was afoot. Some plot was in that truck. Its destiny was just the origin of some other journey. I just didn't know what. As Guru Cheney would say, I knew what I didn't know. As Chairman Mao said, it's always darkest before it turns pitch black. I popped down a drink at the scratchy barnacle. I promised Cindy we'd meet there, but that wobbly leg trip to the stars would have to wait. I had a promise to a government man in one pocket and a stack of fresh Benjamins in the other. The deal happened in a hurry. I was to tail a semi-truck down the highway to hell, and I didn't even have time to buy marshmallows. I just hoped there were fresh batteries at the end of my radio silence. And I hoped to avoid assault and battery on me. Igor and Lev down there looked like their knuckles were bored as they hopped into the cab of the Mack truck. This was it, I said about that. I'll see who knows what's what soon. Maybe. I'll fill in a few blanks, connect a few dots, Turn over the notes when things get hot. Piece of cake. That's what I thought. So, what was I doing in a cargo plane with a headache in Kiev? Did someone slip me a Mickey when this Mick was getting slippy? I rubbed the fog from my eyes, but it seemed the fog remained on the runway. I looked up. Between Lev and Igor was a short gremlin with a long smile. I'm Rudy, he says. He held out a bottle and said, Wine? No thanks, Rudy. I complained to my analyst yesterday. So Rudy says, Relax, Private Eye. I have a proposal for you. Yeah, well, you better buy me dinner first and tell frickin' Frack to keep their hands out of my dessert. And that's how I got sucked into the world of Mr. T. I mean, I needed a ride home. 
There were more dead presidents in my trench coat now, and my kneecaps and nose still worked. I'd figure things out, I said, and visit the ambassador. But, uh, I thought I just saw her hauled away in an ugly East Block limo. Oh, boy. Well, there it is, Testimony by the poet Jim Knowles. Uh, Jim is uh, uh, has been a longtime participant in Poetry Superhighway activities. He entered our 2009 Poetry Superhighway contest, which he came in first place in. And I just posted a link to his winning poem there as a comment to the post of this event in the Facebook group. Um, and then, of course, uh, that uh, led to him getting an invitation to be one of the judges of the 2010 Poetry Super Highway Contest, which he accepted, and he did a great job um, then as well. And uh, slightly more recently, um, he submitted a poetry writing prompt, which we published as part of our Prompt Today series in 2013. Um, all of that stuff is available on the Poetry Superhighway website if you want to check it out at poetrysuperhighway.com slash PSH. I um, really loved that noir-sounding track, um, which included, um, as he mentioned, some uh, royalty-free music from uh, Dr. Saxlove. Um, I believe Jim lives in Massachusetts. Um, could be wrong. Maybe he moved since last I had that information. Who knows? Uh, it's not important. You'll find out on your own if it's important for you to know that. Um, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Jim, for sending in that spoken word track, um, and uh, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, if you would like to submit a spoken word track for us to play during the show, uh, this is what you have to do. This is what we're looking for specifically. Um, if you just want to read a poem, you can, of course, call into the show and read a poem. But what makes it a spoken word track is you've taken the time to produce something a little bit that in addition to your reading of the poem contains additional audio elements, such as in Jim's poem, it contains some music. Uh, it's all kinds of free music online that you can use to uh, augment your poems. Um, or maybe it's something that you create yourself. It could include sound effects. It could include other voices. Um, and the other thing that we'll consider um, are if you have recordings of you reading in front of an audience where the other things that are going on in the room, possibly your introduction, the audience's reaction, uh, uh, the ambient sound of the room, uh, the applause, the laughter, etc., those become the extra elements which will um, allow me to consider it for the spoken word track segment of this show. So if you've got uh, something like that, uh, put it in MP3 format and email it to me at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com. Uh, that's the only way I'll consider it. If you send me an email with a link to somewhere else, I'm not going to click on it and go there. I need you to send me the MP3 track uh, to uh, check out. You're welcome to send more than one. Um, send it to me at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com. Thank you again, Jim, for sending in, in that track. Um, enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, we've got about 20 minutes left in our show. The number for you to call in if you would like to read a poem is area code 646 716 7362. Our next caller is from the 510 area code. Hi. I think that's me. Yes. That is you. All right. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Hope you're okay. 
I, I am. Uh, I'm, who am I talking to? Good. This is Dennis Bernstein, uh, uh, sometimes contributor. I uh, love what you do. I love all the fanfare and support for poetry that you do. Uh, I love the, I love the guy before me before the pre-recorded piece was wonderful to listen to. So thank you for that too. Uh, I'm a I'm a journalist. I do a daily news magazine now. I'm doing it from my home for Pacifica Radio. But I, we've been obviously doing nonstop reporting uh, on the pandemic. And, you know, I've been doing tons of writing on that. I'm not going to read any of that stuff today, but I just in, ter- in the context of uh, this life uh, we're living now, uh, m- my father's, my paternal grandmother, my father's mother died about an hour after she gave birth to him in 1918 from that flu epidemic. Oh. And that, that incident in my father's life definitely changed everything. He almost died, and that would have been the end of me if he did. So my father talked a lot about that and what it meant to him and what it looked like in growing up in the world after that pandemic, and it was quite a situation, some parallels to now. But he used to tell me how terrible it was. And I used to think to myself, wow, I am so lucky that I didn't have to go through that. Right? It haunted him. And here we are. (laughs) Here I am really understanding, uh, like, what was going on and having to report on it on a daily basis. And one horrific story after another, the meat Packers and the, you know, what you name it. So it's, uh, but I have been thinking maybe this is the most selfish thought I could ever have, but I'm really glad that my father did not have to live through another one of these pandemics and worry about his kids and his grandchildren. Um, It's, you know, I think that would have killed him if he didn't get the disease. Uh, you know, so I'm thinking a lot about that, a lot about him. I had a dream. He was like one of these, he was like some kind of sentry guard, and he had us all locked in a room, and he wouldn't let us go out because he was afraid we'd die. So here we here we are, um, thinking about all yeah, I wonder, struggling. I, I wonder, yeah, Dennis, yeah, I've been thinking about... Um, uh, the premise of this is that it would be better that this were not happening at all. But um, uh, with that context, how lucky we are uh, to that this is happening now when so much uh, electronic infrastructure exists to take care of us. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we, we, we get to do things like this for our entertainment. There are Zoom you know, the Zoom exists for people to connect and do shows and work. Um, uh, if we want groceries, we can go online and order them. If we want a meal from our favorite restaurant, we can go online and and order it. And none of none of that kind of infrastructure existed during the pandemic that your father lived through. And it's so I, I can only imagine I can't imagine how they survived without taking great risk to 
go out into the world to, to get the things that they needed and potentially be at a much higher risk for contracting the, the disease um, of the time. So, um, uh, again, the, the, that this is happening is awful, but, but I, I also feel kind of lucky that, it's, that it, we're experiencing it now when we have so much of this online infrastructure available to support us. One of the parallels, and I've been thinking about the, the poorest of poor kids I used to teach in the South Bronx in East New York. Uh, one of the parallels is that it was shockingly devastating. I mean, this, this is a pandemic in 18, 1918 that killed more people than World War I. But the, the, the suffering, you know, if you're on the margins where it begins, when this thing begins, you're in big trouble now. Uh, and it is lucky that we, many people do have this beautiful way of uh, interacting. And I, again, to parallel 1918, there was a real, in a way, there was a real inspired response uh, to the pandemic and to the rebuilding after that. At, at the people's level, there were dramatic changes in ways people thought and in growth in vision, you know, and so all that stuff is going on. But these, like those times are very terrible for more and more of the, you know, the 30 million people who already lost their jobs. So it is good. We can communicate. Uh, but I am worried uh, if things do not go right, uh, this, this illness is a lot worse than we understand so far. We're learning every day, but there's a lot in front of us. True. Uh, Dennis, because I, I want to uh, have some time to get to some other callers. Do you, do you have a poem for us? I'd love to read you a poem. Thank you. And Please do. This is from Five Oceans and a Teaspoon, and it's sort of about the, the struggle of the old people who are dying alone. And, you know, the most beautiful thing, the last two senses to go, I'm sure you know, are, are touch and sound. And to be sort of blinded from your lovers, and not being able to be close uh, as you are dying to the people you love and who love you. That, that's been a killer for me in thinking about all this. Five Oceans, by the way, we got lucky. It, it just won an Ippy Award, so we're excited about that for the best poetry. This, this, is, this is called Dancing Across the Great River. At 90... They rose up out of their wheelchairs and danced. Rose up the way herons rise over a smoky mountain lake. The way angels rise in the late afternoon daydreams of visionaries. And they danced right at the boiling point, sure-footed into the beginning of forever. Wow. Wow. Beautifully read and uh, concise poem that uh, uh, is is as powerful as short poems can be. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, well, Dennis, uh, it was great talking with you and uh, hearing your your perspective on things. Thanks for the the work you're doing to keep people uh, informed through your reporting. And uh, congratulations on um, on the Nippy Award for Five Oceans in a Teaspoon. Thank you for giving me the chance. Good luck. Stay safe. Thanks. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dennis Bernstein calling uh, from San Francisco, California, a uh, 
I believe. And um, uh, uh, reading from his book, Five Oceans in a Teaspoon, uh, telling us about uh, uh, some interesting parallels about uh, his father who also went through a pandemic. So uh, very, very cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's see. Uh, our, our, uh, our next caller is uh, from the 205 area code. Hi. Hello, Rick. It's Michael. Hey, Michael. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm enjoying the program. These 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 are actually special shows because we've never done these in the times like this. You know, they say unprecedented, but then that, what is the saying? There's nothing new under the sun. Well, we're living in times when there is something new under the sun, and it's causing us to be creative. And so, but I'm going to read something. I may have read it before, but I think it's a while. But I'm reading it because it brings in Easter, and it brings in. Um, Mother's Day, and tomorrow, May 18th, uh, um, chronologically, uh, is my mother's uh, birthday, the day she was born. And I remember, this was actually a cameo from a longer piece, and I remember someone saying to me when I read the, the longer version of this, which reads kind of like a Canterbury tale, and I read it at a spoken word event back in the day, back in the 90s. And they said, you wrote that for your mother. Or as if, you know, you wrote that because your mother couldn't write it, so you wrote it instead. Uh, it's called The Woman. It's just, the longer narrative is called The Woman with the White Veil, and I came to realize that there was a cameo on there, uh, and it's included in a journal called the Amaze Sinkane Journal, www.amazesinkane.com. It's in the archives under Veronica, Vera meaning true, and icon meaning image. Veronica, true image. The face, God incarnate, still breathing from the veil. The face, God incarnate, still breathing from the veil. The woman screams, never a shroud for her. Cool. Um, And you may also realize also. You may have also realized I included it today because all the masks, the veils. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So it kind of has um, a current uh, context. You know, I, I was able to bring it into the current context, the current event. Um, a group that I meet with occasionally, they read a great short story. And the last time we met in person was March 9th. And the serendipity of it was the story was Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Minister's Black Veil. So I ran into one of the members a couple of weeks ago. You remember that last time we, we all met? We talked about a story, the minister's plot. Then all this started. And then I recommended that if another story comes up in the near future, consider Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And I also mentioned that in today's program just for some interesting readings, uh, older readings that have a contemporary context now. Rick, I know that you have other callers. I do indeed, Michael. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here uh, uh, today, and um, I look forward to uh, to hearing from you again on future shows. Thanks for calling in. Okay, well, take care. Stay safe. You too. This is Michael from Birmingham, Alabama. He's on almost every week, a regular feature here on Poetry Superhighway Live. I'm going to try to squeeze in uh, everyone we have left, so uh, forgive me if we go a little bit quicker 
um, on these last few callers to see if we can get everyone in in the last eight minutes. Our next caller is from the 215 area code. Hi. Hi, Rick. It's good to hear your voice. Hi. Well, it's, it's time to join your program with a great pleasure. So I, I know that at this time we are turning to God. You're asking and uh, pleading and maybe getting angry. So I'm going to read a poem from my forthcoming book, No Kaddish, Poems in the Void. Getting God's attention. All you, screaming and fasting, trying to get God's attention for years. Listen up. The most effective way to get closer to him is by brewing him a strong cup of coffee. Put your mind and heart to it. Buy Ethiopian beans. Grind them yourself. Boil it seven times. When the white-brown foam rises, drop ten cardamom seeds. When you serve it to him, take a step back, because his rupture may tear your eardrums. You will then hear the sweetest divine voice. Oh, most faithful coffee friend, cardamom grains are deliciously melting under my tongue, chanting my succulent names. Ask, friend, for everything you want. Any wish is granted. And I believe cool. you wrote a book about Kaddish, yeah? Um, I did not write a book about Kaddish. Uh, I, I wrote a book called God Wrestler, which is a poem okay. for every Torah, Torah yeah, portion. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we're in the same uh, general ballpark, I would have to tell Absolutely. You. <laughs> and thanks for giving me a chance to read it. I know you want to squeeze one more, right? It's so, true. So, guy um, from Elkins Park, PA. It was good to hear your voice, uh, Hanukh. Thank you so much for calling in today and uh, and uh, and for all the work that you do as well. Um, uh, on the line, uh, our next caller is from the 502 area code. Hi. Waiting for you, Counting the Sunsets by Frog Corpse. I looked into the abyss of the night sea, bellowing beyond the horizon. I sought to no avail the living entities that swashed along the shallows, and too I became recumbent, leering into the lost sails of the evening, what lies beyond the horizon lying, took my question through a blackened void that melts into the skyline. No man could resurrect his woe from the songs of the sirens. No peace remains in the rains of the banshee's scream, dried salt among the brackish creek rolled over a million years of decay washing up in the flashlights I too ran against the bank seeking the lighthouse to send out a beacon to bring me home thank you Frog Corpse thank you so much for being on our show today Um, how's everything in Louisville Uh, busy more COVID breakouts and uh, yeah pretty much uh, just trying to maintain day to day sir well, thanks for doing that, and uh, and best of luck for you to continue to do that. Um, I, in retrospect, in hindsight, thought of you last night as I was uh, sipping a, a small amount of Maker's Mark from uh, just outside your neighborhood there. Um, so, awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, so stay, stay safe Hunter out there. Thompson, sir. You too, Indeed. sir. Take it easy. That was Frog Corpse from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, our next caller will try to squeeze you in. Blocked number, Hi. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? 
I'm good, thanks. It's uh, it's Alex from Canada. How you doing? You got it, buddy. I'll give it to Let's you right away. Caressing waters. The outside is not always reflective of what's on the inner. Layers can be deceptive. Just like a mirage for one reason or another to suit a particular time of the day or some facet that may have an underlying hidden agenda. It is never good to judge as we all have these imperfections. It's best to stay impartial. Each image evolves. We are not what we were, nor what we will be, in a constant state of transformation. In a shifting, flowing consciousness, with wave after wave, sands etch each stone, as do caressing waters. From these influences, forming elements have a hand in creating perceptions, which each by its symbol is a tool of change. In minute detail, in this metamorphosis, the slightest alteration can cause the emergence of an angle through whose lengthening lens comes a moment of enlightened elucidation and poem. Awesome. Alex, thank you so much for uh, making it uh, here at the end of the show, and, and I'm glad you had the opportunity to read that. Uh, uh, everything okay with you? Uh, we're, we're keeping our heads above water here, buddy. We're really doing our best. Everybody in the whole world, just... Love and prayers to everybody. Stay safe, stay well, and uh, try to stay balanced because balanced is where you want to be. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, good to hear your voice, and uh, and we'll take that advice to heart. Take it take easy. Take care, buddy. Rick. You too, sir. That was uh, Alex Chornage calling from uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, just north of uh, uh, the same name city in uh, in Michigan and the northern very northern part of the United States uh, or very southern part of Canada. I guess you could uh, look at it from that way, as he probably does. Um, it's not all about America, people. Canada, it's a real thing. Um, thanks to everyone who called in today. I want to thank Phoenix from Utah, Randall uh, from uh, who runs Spark Calliope magazine, little Gary from East Texas. Um, I want to thank Dennis Bernstein from San Francisco, Michael from Birmingham, Alabama, Hanoch Guy from Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, Frog Corpse from Louisville, um, and Alex from Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, um, as well as uh, Jim Knowles for sending in the spoken word track testimony. He's from Andover, Massachusetts. I just think it's so cool um, talking to people from all over the place uh, during these shows, um, just showing the wide reach of our poetry and our ability to connect with each other um, using our art um, no matter where we are in the world especially now when it's tough to, to tougher to connect with people in the ways that we usually do. Thanks to this, this electronic infrastructure, which allows us to do that. Our next show is going to be on Sunday, June 14th at two o'clock PM Pacific, 5 PM Eastern elsewhere in time zone worlds. You'll have to do your own time zone math to figure it out. It will be an open reading um, and you're more than welcome to participate on that day. Save the date. Uh, please consider sponsoring our poetry contest, as I mentioned earlier, in exchange for promotional consideration and listing as a sponsor. Um, you'll help us uh, make sure that every one of our summer poetry contest entrants gets a prize just for entering, and you'll get a free classified and other cool things. Check out all the details at poetrysuperhighway.com slash PSH, where you'll, you can see the entire all, – all the details of uh, of how to uh, – how to sign up as a sponsor, what you get from it, et cetera. Um, and let me know if you have any questions on that. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay safe out there and have a good rest of your day.